Shalom, this is Rabbi Paul Saul in West Hartford, Connecticut, and today I'd like to share with you a little bit from Chaye Sarah, this week's Torah portion, which can be found in Breshit, Genesis chapter 23, 1 through 25, 18. It's noteworthy that this portion literally means the life of Sarah, yet it chronicles the matriarch's death and her burial and her husband's contemplative mourning. It begins, though, with one sentence retrospective of her life. Sarah's lifetime was 100 years, 20 years, and 7 years, the years of Sarah's life. Rashi, commenting, explains that the repetition of years divides Sarah's life into three periods, each with its own uniqueness. At 100, she was as sinless as a 20-year-old. For until the age of 20, a person does not suffer heavenly punishment. And at 20, she still had the wholesome beauty of a seven-year-old who does not use cosmetics and whose beauty is natural. Rashi's creative exegesis notwithstanding points out that each latter stage of Sarah's life was indelibly tied to each preceding period. It should be noted, though, that the conclusion of Sarah's life would be equally tied to the life of Rebecca, who would succeed her as the matriarch of Abraham's household and the wife of her only son, Yitzchak. It has been said that which a caterpillar considers the end of life, the master calls a butterfly. So it is with a righteous person and their progeny. Not one of us can view the full value of our lives, but time will measure our lives as they continue in the lives of those that we touch. This time of year, one of my favorite movies to watch is Frank Capra's delightful fantasy, It's a Wonderful Life. The protagonist of the movie, George Bailey, is weighed down by the trials of life, and he wishes that he were never born. His wish is mysteriously granted by a challenged junior angel named Clarence, who allows George to see how many lives would have been severely impoverished had he never existed. What he truly sees is the tremendous value of his life, a life which is well-lived and how it continues in perpetuity in the lives of those that he loves. George mostly is permitted to see the small miracles that happen when souls touch in the passage of life. In the very same way, the souls of Rebecca and Isaac touch each other and by no coincidence continue the life of Sarah. In Bereshit 24, verses 63 through 67, it says, Going out toward evening to stroll in the field, Isaac looked up, and he saw camels coming. And Rebekah looked up, seeing Isaac. She got off the camel and said to the slave, Who is the man striding in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, said the servant. Taking a veil, she covered herself. The servant then told Isaac all that he had done. And Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah. He took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Thus does Isaac take comfort after the death of his mother. Rebekah understood that she was traveling to Canaan with Eliezer, Abraham's servant, for the very purpose of becoming Isaac's wife. It's not certain whether she knew that she would be replacing the presence of Sarah, but this was the clear intention of Providence. Earlier in the story, Abraham, feeling old and tired and bereft after losing his beloved wife, sends Eliezer to find a suitable wife for Isaac. 
but he does not provide any of the expected prerequisites for a suitable date. He does not tell Eliezer that the wife should come from wealth or a famous family. He does not even describe the looks or personality that would be desirable. Without any clear direction other than she should not come from the Canaanites, Eliezer set out on his journey. Eliezer prays to the God of Abraham and describes a supposed drama that may take place at a well. He tells God that if these events transpire, then he will recognize it as a sign from above. The right woman for Isaac will be the one that Eliezer's request not only brings him water, but also his camels as well. Of course, Rebekah fulfills the conditions of the prayer, and the story of Rebekah and Isaac's life together begins to unfold. But how did Eliezer know that, he, that this would be the right sign from God? Well, I imagine it's because Rebekah behaves in precisely the manner that Sarah might have. Like Sarah, Rebecca not only possesses innocent beauty, but she's filled with the goodness and kindness. Rebecca is not only the God-ordained choice to be Isaac's wife, but also Sarah's successor. Perhaps this is the reason at the end of Vaera, last week's portion, we're told of the birth of Rebecca. Sarah cannot pass until God provides the one who will truly live on in her spirit. Hi, Sarah is truly a celebration of life well lived, not the chronicle of its death. Each of our lives has the potential to change the world about us with positively. If we seize the opportunity, our lives continue in those about us, infusing the world with beauty and goodness and bearing the image of our creator in all of his creation. Like Eliezer, we should confess that there are no coincidences in the ordinary details of day-to-day -day life, but that all about us the small miracles created by souls touching each other and the ongoing miracles of lives lived for God. This is Rabbi Paul Saul again. It was a pleasure sharing with you. If you enjoyed this commentary and you'd like to read others of the same manner, please weekly sign on to www.umjc.org and also sign up for to receive these weekly uh, Divrei Torah. Thank you for listening and have a good Shabbat.